Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Read with Michelle Martin on Your Money. Only on Money FM 89.3. It's International Women's Day. Gender equality for a sustainable tomorrow is the theme this year. I thought we'd focus on a very unique book today. According to the Reuters Institute, only 22% of the 180 top editors across 240 brands covered are women. This despite the fact that on average, 40% of journalists in 12 markets are women. Apart from representation, even today, female journalists are not widely recognized for their work. Of of course, Maria Ressa stands out. She's the first journalist to receive the Nobel Prize in 86 years. But did you know she was only the 18th woman to receive the award in its 120-year history? She was awarded the prize on October the 8th for, along with another journalist, uh, their courageous fight for freedom of expression in the face of authoritarian governments. Always questioning as a journalist, being a prominent critic of your country's politics can be difficult. Just ask Rita Lee. She's chief editor of an online platform and she's the author of the book we're reading today, Stories Women Journalists Tell. She's going to tell us about how she stumbled into activism and writing uh, when her home country, Malaysia, was facing a political upheaval in 2011 as thousands of citizens marched for a clean electoral, electoral process and a change in government. And together with her fellow Malaysians, she marched and reported on Versailles 2.0 and 3.0 rallies, which have in the heart of Kuala Lumpur. She was the only female writer on her team to contribute to stories on the rallies. And as a female writer, she sought out other female journalists. And as a result, this book, Stories Women Journalists Tell, it's a collection of experiences faced by women in the industry of journalism and provides a unique perspective of the realities that being a female journalist today requires, really. Um, and what, what does it mean? Well, let's put the spotlight on the narratives that some of these female journalists are adding to. And welcome to the show, Rita Lee, author of Stories Women Journalists Tell. Good morning, Rita. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. And congratulations on your book. So there are over 20 stories here written by a whole community of female journalists from around the region. That's just terrific to see. Who are the range of journalists that you speak to? Yeah, it's a very interesting, I would call it a pandemic project because when we went through the circuit breaker, it was a very loud period for most of us. So I decided to come up with this project and connect it with fellow women journalists in Southeast Asia. Plus, this project, you know, was greenlighted by Penguin. And it's such an amazing, you know, experience to publish a book. And sharing the experiences by these women journalists really, you know, gave us this different overview of what women journalists are in the newsroom. So really it was connection during COVID that made you ideate, you know, think about writing this book? Exactly. <laughs> you know, I've tried like hydroponic gardening and so <laughs> forth. And this project is the only successful project, must, must I say. Oh my goodness, those poor plants. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Now, with 20 stories that you've selected for this book, uh, what do you use as, as an overarching narrative framework to bring the interviews together, Rita? So basically, I knew from the back of my head that I wanted five teams covering news and politics, travel, human interest, lifestyle, and so forth. So then from this uh, skeleton, I approached you know, some of the women journalists when 
I put out a call on my social media, which is the Facebook and LinkedIn as well as Twitter pages. Mm-hmm. And from there, women, journalists, ex-colleagues reached out and say, hey, okay, let's you know, be part of this project. And everyone submitted their essays and I was just bowled over. There was not a single essay that didn't make the cut. Wow. And yeah, and from there, it was such a wholesome project because none of the journalists, you know, were even talking about royalties. They just trusted that this project will see to light. So I'm very, very touched uh, by the support that I have on this project. So wonderful. Now you write in the preface that you hope this book will appeal to all readers, regardless of gender. How do you ensure that this book speaks to every reader and not us, the community of female journalists? Well, if you pick up the book and read a couple of the essays, you can see that we are not just women journalists. We are daughters of someone, we are a mother and so forth. And you can tell like while balancing their careers as well as motherhood, some of them also had to make difficult choices, you know. So as a reader, I felt that you can read through the emotions, the experiences that these women journalists have shared in the book. As they make difficult life decisions, can you describe some of those? Yeah, I mean, for one, a female journalist in the book, uh, Amendra as well, she was tasked to travel to a very, very, you know, remote village in Indonesia for a story. And for her, it's, you know, she's a mom and she really wanted to do the assignment, but she chose to, you know, give the assignment to another colleague. So sometimes, you know, yes, we have to make the right choice at that time. And these are some of the things that the journalists are facing in today's world, you know. Mm-hmm. You covered the birthday rallies in Malaysia. Uh, other stories in this book also cover female journalists and their experiences covering major events like the Hong Kong handover and their experiences of COVID-19. I wonder if you can give us a little bit more of a sense of the palette of historical events that these stories speak with. Yeah, I wanted to highlight some of this historical event because it's so different when you are writing a report because you need to be neutral in your tone and so forth, as well as fact-checking and having the right sources. But having this book allows me to draw out, you know, the strength of the women, our camaraderie, our emotions while we are behind the scenes. That's why when I wrote the birthday rally, and it's been over 10 years, and I w- I'm just sad to say that nothing has changed in Malaysia, right? But for me to write this essay, it just pulled out a lot of my emotions back then. Like I could still stand uh, the tear gas while I was on the road and so forth. It was such an interesting time for me to, yeah, so even regurgitate that. Rewriting, even writing the essay um, gave you some more insight into what happened? In a way, yes. I mean, I did compile um, some of the experience that I went through. And it was not mentioned in any of the news reports. So, for example, I gave my testimony in the civil court on police brutality. So, I had submitted some photographs from on the ground showing some of the policemen, you know, pouring chemicals into the tanks. There is, you know, just a volunteer, a protester who actually was um, jumped on by four or five policemen. And I thought why are we resorting to such silence, mm. you know? So I wrote all of that because 
they were still kind of like fresh in my my mind and I wanted to put across that, you know, we need to highlight such events. So on this day, eight years ago, a passenger plane en route to Beijing from Kuala Lumpur went missing along with 239 people on board. They just vanished. The disappearance of Malaysia Airlines flight MH370 back in 2014 has become one of the biggest unsolved mysteries in aviation history. There is an essay in your book, A Name at All Costs. Melizarani T. Selva tells her account of covering the disappearance of MH370 and um, just how a journalist navigates a crisis what do you think people can learn about MH370 from this story uh, that goes beyond the facts that are already out there? It's a very interesting essay what Melissa Rani had written because you could tell that both of herself and her father are journalists working for different media titles. So in a hindsight, they are actually competitors. And, you know, she also respects her father's wishes when, you know, she tries to get advice. But at the same time, she has to navigate, you know, how much to extend that, you know, she would let her father know about the angle of her story. Who did she work for so, and who did he work for? Uh, I couldn't say at this point. Yeah. So this is backstory to what she writes about. Correct, yes. You know, she's also celebrating, you know, the relationship that she has with her father because she has so much respect. You know, when she's asking for the advice from her father and covering such news and so forth. So I, to me, that felt really interesting because it gives readers a different overview of, you know, the relationship that they have with their peers or even with their fathers. And this, in this case, you know, the father is a reporter as well. Does, does she explain the difference in editorial point of view? Does she talk a little bit about where their different editorial points of view originate from? Yes, she did, but uh, I would say she didn't go in a full extent with her father. Like I said, again, because her father worked for a competitor, whereas she worked for another company, and it's about respecting you know, the boundaries that she has as a journalist. Okay, so would you say a name of all costs, what stood out for you is really this relationship um, amongst the family of journalists when it comes to covering yes. a story best? Correct, yes. All right. Uh, what from this book, Rita, do you think speaks most to the theme this year for International Women's uh, Day, gender equality for a sustainable tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, today's uh, motto is break the bias, right? And for me, I can still see the kind of gender biases and discrimination in you know today's world. And when you read the essays, there are some recurring themes which you can pull out, which are you know, colleagues that do not respect these women journalists. For example, Amandra, who wrote the story Journeys of a Lifetime. Mm-hmm. In, in one of the paragraphs, she actually chatted with her senior co-worker who predicted that she would only last a year. You know, and the statement that he said to her was, I was definitely mistaken. I really thought you wouldn't last, he admitted to me. And to me, that sounds like there's so much discrimination that there are no respect in the newsroom, even though they are peers, right? Oh, yeah. So much discouragement, uh, even in the newsroom. So what does this book, do you think, share about the challenges of being a female journalist in Asia at this moment in time? I would say it's um, from the women's lens of covering news in a male-dominant newsroom culture. I think that's for one. 
And the book actually celebrates kinship, camaraderie, strength, while highlighting some of the most important and interesting histories in today's uh, time. Well, hydroponics loss is a reader's gain. Rita, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Michelle. Rita Lee is the author of a brand new book that's out there, Stories Women Journalists Tell. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.